We are live on YouTube, on Twitter, on Rumble, I think. Let me double check the Rumble stream. And we will be live shortly on, we're probably already live on Rockfin, but I always got to wait for that little red button just to be sure. See, now I'm looking at the Rumble stream and I don't know if the Rumble stream is live yet. Rumble's a good platform and they have improved their live streaming setup, but it's still, there's that little bit of uncertainty when you're doing a live stream. Is it working versus is it not? Like right now, it looks like it's not working, which sucks. It better start working. I'm going to give it a minute. All right. We're definitely live on Rumble. So the reason it sucks if, uh, I mean, we're definitely live on Rockfin. The reason it sucks that if the live stream isn't working on Rumble is because comparatively to YouTube, live stream views just exponentially more on Rumble. Not even freaking close. Uh, we got it. Now we're definitely live on Rumble. Perfect. Great. So we're live across all the platforms right now. And actually got kicked off doing a live stream. But I, I appealed a YouTube video. And I won my appeal, and they so I had a strike, and they took me off. They said I can't live stream for a week, but I appealed, and I uh, I appealed with actual law, and uh, they they said I win my appeal, but we're still going to remove your video because we're YouTube and we like to fillet ourselves, which is total BS. You can't say somebody wins an appeal and then still remove the video and be like we're an honest platform. YouTube sucks, and I know we're on there right now. Hopefully, don't kick us off YouTube. I love you. Everybody get your booster shot. I have no problem with the YouTube. This is all a Brad thing. This is all, all me. All right, so Ian, Ian Covell, thank you for joining us today. I, I have I had a way that I wanted to start the show, and then I, I see this breaking news from CNN that um, Christy Nome, like right now, CNN updated it, South Dakota governor to endorse Trump fueling VP speculation. And the South Dakota governor is, is Christy Nome, okay? You know who Christy Nome is, Ian? I, yes, I think. Uh, yes, I do know Christy Nome. So yes, it, yes. it just speaks to Trump. So I was thinking Trump is going to get uh, Scott, the uh, closeted gay black guy, to be his VP. Or uh, Varwas, you know, Vivek, whatever. But, I, I you know, you got to stay in line with what Trump does. Every lawyer that represents Trump in the media that is currently representing him, i say about 95% of them, are big-breasted, young, hot chicks, okay? He, he, he sex sells, and Trump knows that, and if you're going to pick a VP in that same, you know, mindset... She's also pretty smart. She's super smart. Yep. You know. It, let me see if I can get a picture of Christy Nome up here, because hub, hubba hubba. She, she, yeah, she, uh... Yeah, I, I remember listening to her... So, you know, obviously what you do is you, you go Christy Gnome bathing suit pictures. Not going to pull that one up. But I will pull up just the Christy Gnome pictures. And, and just, you look at the Christy Gnome photos here. I mean, what? I should have switched. Hold on. Change that back. And, and Christy Gnome is, it, it, Trump is, is, is selling that, uh, you know, that sex appeal, it, it, political style, outside of AOC, really. There, there's a couple others that are pretty good looking. But you see Christy Nome here, got some workout photos right there, uh, uh, looking good. I think she's probably 45 years old, but right there, there you go. That's all you need right there. I'm voting for you, okay? Show me that picture, you get my vote. You don't even have to do all the political BS. Yes. Yeah, looks qualified to me. Yeah, totally qualified. Outside of Nancy Mace, who is another another looker in the Republican Party. But I... I uh, when I typed in Christy Nome, I was like, I, I decided to type this in right here. Set the hottest politicians, you know, right now. And this article came up, list of the seven most beautiful and hottest female politicians in America. And it really stood out to me. I, this woman here who's number one, Alexandra Campo Verde, I'm not, she's good looking for sure. I don't know who she is. She was apparently a former White House aide under Obama working on the health care policy. Uh, that's not the one that stood out to me. AOC, AOC, call her crazy. She's hot, all right? I think a AOC's hot. What do you think? I, I think you're right, but I think the more, like, as you listen to her talk and, like, the more time you spend with her, you she just gets uglier and uglier. It, But, you know, yeah. it, it's like a, uh, you know. I, I mean, you've learned to tune that out, though, by this point. I mean, we're old enough that we can tune that out, right? <laughs> 
I mean, I'm not. I'm just joking, obviously. Number three, though, is going to stand out to you, I think, Ian. Who do you think the third hottest politician, female politician, is right now? If you had to guess. Nancy Pelosi. You know, that that would probably be a better guess. Uh, that would be a better one than this. But um, there you go. Michelle Obama. They have the number three best-looking politician right now. Female first politician. Is she a politician? That's a great point. That is a fantastic point. Or is this some more foreshadowing? Oh, yeah. Foreshadowing? CIA articles. You're right. I, I have CIA listicle. They got a whole I, listicle department. I, I, I want to, you know, I want to get in the business of writing listicles, man. You get AI yeah, to do yeah. that all, yeah, for the CIA. If you're hiring any listicle writers, yeah, I'll, I'll write you just you. smear Trump all day. <laughs> Sir Tim of Tunnel says, Christy Nome, a.k.a. Governor Smoke Show. Absolutely, Sir Tim. And Give me a- so it, it, it's whoever wrote this article, it's funny to me because they, you. They, they stuff her in at number three, sorry. Right, no, exactly. They couldn't put her at number one. That's exactly what I'm saying. They had to put her in at number three so it could seem, let's blend shoulders in. I mean, see, see uh, Michelle Obama can do like 50 pull-ups in under 30 seconds. It's unbelievable, the shoulders on this woman. Number four is, I don't know who that is, Elizabeth. You're right. Tulsi Gabbard, definitely. That's a, a definite hottie. Christy, that's Christy Gnome right there. Right there. Look at that. I mean, she's just. Okay. Come on. That's not number one. That's yeah, no number six. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Look at this style she has too. Beautiful. I like the puff jacket. How about number seven though? How about Gretchen Whit- Whitmore of Michigan? I actually, I actually put, but I, I still think she's below Michelle. Gretchen Whitmore. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I think she is too. But to have her right next to Christy Nome, that's an insult. Yeah, and where's the where's um, uh, what's her name from Colorado? Where's she on here? Oh, the young one, the the UA, UAP UFO girl, the one who was an influencer before she went to Congress. I can't remember her name. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, isn't that, isn't that funny? Now you're first you're an influencer, then you're uh, a congresswoman. That's the way the world is right now. All right, so that's um, Gretchen Whitmore. They should have had one of her like tied up. Just seven. Yeah, just seven. We don't get ten. I don't know how they don't put that young. That girl's like 32 years old, and she's hot. Seven minutes in hot politician heaven. Absolutely. uh, That's the article. Should have had Gretchen Whitmore in a ball gag being kidnapped by a bunch of Proud Boys to really add some flair to that one. Okay. Um, All right, so that is not even what I intended to start with, but I, I want to start with this story here. Which just illustrates how stupid, not that you need any more illustration of how stupid the news is all of the time, but this is just one of these examples of the media, because there's a demonization program going on, taking something that is literally nothing and making it into something bad that they're put on Russia here. And here's the headline from the Business Insider. Russia is teaching high schoolers how to use drones and handle rifles so future draftees are more ready for the front lines, UK Intel source says. So they have a a, a junior ROTC program. Mm-hmm. It is all is being reported, and we needed an Intel officer from what MI6 to to report this to us. How much is this Intel officer getting paid? Where did they find out this damning information against Russia? What did they go to a publicly available uh, education website in Russia? Well, and what's actually beautifully, beautiful about this headline, what's so well crafted about it is what comes after the comma puts such a dark overtone to everything (laughs) before it. It's like if you just take that part out, you're like, okay, well, that actually makes sense. But I think every country probably would do that if they had the resources. Oh, but UK Intel. UK Intel. And and it's an anonymous. James Bond brought it back. It was probably Christopher Steele was probably who it was. The Russian dossier guy. But how's this? Uh, you're an Intel source and you go to the back shady uh, hallway and like the X-Files or wherever you meet in a parking garage and you say, I have some information for you. Russia has an ROTC program also. But don't tell it. Like, How come there's no name? Like that person's going to be killed if their name is attached to this report. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, then it goes on, like, the main points of the article. It says, Russia teaching its students the ways of war so that it yeah, can we all know who Valerie, We all know who Valerie Plain is, but we, we don't know who this is. Who this you secret, this whistleblower spy is who's risking his life by reporting this information. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. What was... No, I just, the, they, they're trying to conscript more ready young men for war. Kind of like, well, we thought, maybe we used to, may, maybe the takeaway here is that what Russia is supposed to be doing is teaching their kids how to uh, uh, perform surgery, a transgender surgery on themselves. Maybe that's why this is such an awful, evil thing. The Russia is doing this. I think the focus so shifts to these like UAV, these drones. Because so I, I showed these images from the White House. They don't have any information about it. They just have that the White House, the Department of uh, Justice. They had a demonstration for all of the Five Eyes intel. You know, you're familiar with the Five Eyes, which is the it's the way it's the information intel gathering and sharing that we have uh, with the uh, the UK, Australia, New Zealand, and one other one. I can't remember what it is, but basically, whenever something violates our constitutional rights, if the CIA or the FBI did it to us, they just have. One of those foreign intelligence agencies do it, and then they just share information. So, you know, because they're not bound by by the laws of uh, you know and our constitution. Now, that's how all that works. And so, we were doing a demonstration of of these new counter UAVs, and I think we're going to be seeing something coming down the pipeway with the drones. I think this is all going to end up tying up to the UAPs personally. But yeah, the, the news is stupid. They make news out of nothing. It's Edward Bernays' model of bullshit is what it is. Um. Speaking of education, this actually this relates to, to your alma mater. You went to Florida State, right, Ian? I, I did. Canada. Thank you, Stella. Yes, Canada is uh, the other one. So Harvard University has been named the 2023 worst school for free speech. Is that, not, I mean, probably not a shock to most people. Well, it's a very expensive school. Yeah, right. And so if you're going to pay a lot of money, you need to shut the fuck up. <laughs> fuck up and just give us your money. Yeah. This was the foundation of individual rights and expression, FIRE, uh, as an acronym, that they released their annual college free speech rankings and actually quoted a number of uh, professors at Harvard who have banned together to try and uh, protect free speech there, but they failed because they received a zero point in free speech, it's a 100-point scale that they give out these rankings. Uh, the second-to-last place received 11 points, and Harvard received none. And, and the reason, they, they judge it based on how often people who are going to give speeches there um, are, like, shouted down and forced right. to not give their speech and stuff like that. Because if I if I make you shut up, Brad, that's me exercising my free Your free speech, speech. right. Get it? Uh, absolutely. I, I mean, it's very th- as part of this survey... It said 56% of students. So they, they surveyed 55,000 current students from 254 universities, and 56% of them are worried about getting canceled for something that they say, while 27% of them said it's acceptable to use violence to stop campus speech in some circun- circumstances. 27%. Right. What, 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 see, they, they see that in their minds. It's like Hitler... But then they this transference of Hitler to Trump, uh, of anybody who questions an election, of anybody who disagrees, is it, these children are, they need, I don't know if parenting, better parenting, but they have a, a, a brain problem, some of these gen, is it gen Z? You're gen, what are you? You're gen, gen X. X. So they're gen Z. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. Would you ever hire a gen Z person if they had pronouns in their resume? No, I mean, I would do I would do everything I could to call all the other people in and get my schedule booked first. Right? Yeah. You, you, I mean, you'd have to because they would try to force you to through there. It is bizarre. Um, why? So Florida State, by the way, was num- number the number one school in free speech. Oh, sorry, hold on a second. Florida State was number five in the most free speech, your, your alma mater. Awesome. Michigan Technology University was number one. Uh, Georgia Tech came in at number 27, beating Georgia, and the only thing they can beat Georgia at, which UGA came in at like 121. So finally, when at free speech, 
I got to wear my Georgia Tech jersey and support the, the free speech efforts there. So I want to play these clips for you because I, I want to see if I'm interpreting these wrong. They just seem so bizarre to me. This was on CNN last night. And this woman, so they usually have these Trump lawyers on, right? And they're former Trump lawyers who now hate Trump and they just bash Trump all the time. Because if you're a current Trump lawyer, you're indicted is the way that it works, right? You're currently indicted in Fulton County if you're not bashing Trump on CNN. And so they brought this lawyer on who I, I think worked in his administration. And she is very much following the anti-Trump line, except she's doing it in a way where she's like very matter-of-factly saying, yes, uh, this is true about Trump and this is why Trump is bad. Except the things she, she's saying are proving that at least one of the indictments is completely full of it and, and based on no facts. And this is how they always operate. So that you can see the image on screen there. That is a uh, that's a mid journey AI image of uh, I asked it to I, I asked it to have Brian. So it was like Brian Kemp giving Stacey Abrams the Heimlich maneuver while a lizard or a reptilian watches on. I didn't mean to put the reptilian sandwiched in between them like that. But that's how it tied. Happy the reptilian is to get the reptilian is super excited about so. that, that situation. All right, here it is. In this instance, the idea of him testifying, would you suggest he do so in any of these cases? So lawyers are risk averse. And so I would always say no, (laughs) especially with Trump, where um, I, you know, I've, you never know what he's going to say. And so that amount of risk is just not something that you need, especially in something like the Mar-a-Lago case, where I think you want to focus less on the facts because the facts are pretty bad and you want to <laughs> focus more on the law. What is the interaction between the Presidential Records Act and the Espionage Act? What is the required state of mind under the Espionage Act? These sort of questions where you really don't want to be pushing the facts. And of course, Trump is going to be out there with a whole bunch of facts. You really don't want to be pushing the facts because Trump is going to be out there with facts. Because, you know, these are alternative facts. What is she saying? What is she saying? That, you know, some facts are not the facts. She seems to be admitting to me because through her whole interview, she's like, yeah, actually the indictments have helped Trump. And so, so she just like blows holes in all the theories, but she does it with a smile on her face and they never push back on her. I think she's just being honest, like, yeah, you don't have any facts here, so you have to push narrative. You have to try and uh, uh, convince a jury yeah. to make a decision not based on facts, right? which yeah. is what all of these cases are. That's what the new justice system is. It's all about feelings. Dude, the new justice system is uh, an injustice system. It's it, blind. It, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's blind. It's blind injustice. And it's kind of crazy to, like... historically, depending on how history is written, if it's written properly, you would look back on circumstances like this and it would be put, uh, you know, in, you know, the the show trials and Lenin's uh, uh, Russia and and all the other ones around the world. But right now, people are just like, some people are just so, they hate Trump so bad that they're like, yeah, that's just, who cares? And they're all about it, man. Oh, it's, it's frightening. It's really frightening how, how, uh, insane they've they've gotten, and I agree, Stella. They're both fake. Yeah, facts are fake and gay, according to the uh, new justice system. That should be stamped across the DOD's website. Uh, all right. So this other dude, have you heard of the Murdoch trial? This true crime story where the dad—it's a old. There's like a Netflix show. You have. Uh, wait, wait, wait. You talking about the um the uh, lawyer? Yeah, so the the lawyer family, right? Yeah, where this long history of you know maybe they've been killing people for a long time, and now the dad—I don't know if he got convicted yet. I think he might have been convicted already of killing like his wife and his son, and now his lawyers are calling for a to throw the trial out because they're saying that like a a court clerk tampered, not in, not in like a fun way, tampered with the jury. And that invalidates the whole thing. And they say the reason that she did it is because she wrote a book about the Murdoch case and she was trying to make it end quickly to increase sales of her book. So that's that's the whole premise here. And 
she, CNN brought in the co-author of this book, and I, I've never seen an interview where somebody's basically asked all these kind of damning questions and where he, in his tone, denies them. And the person interviewing just, you know, agrees. But in reality, he's just admitting everything. Maybe I'm way off on this. Listen to this dude. One of the most watched trials of the year has a new twist now. Attorneys for disgraced lawyer turned convicted murderer Alec Murdoch are pushing for a new trial. They're accusing the clerk of the court of tampering with the jury. Rebecca Hill is accused of advising jurors not to believe Murdoch's testimony and pressuring them to make a guilty verdict. They claim that she did these things to secure for herself a book deal and media appearances that would not happen in the event of a mistrial. She co-authored that book with my next guest. It's called Behind the Doors of Justice, The Murdoch Murders. That's the book, okay? That's the book the clerk wrote who's allegedly saying these things. And she's the guest, which is crazy that she's... As soon as she said, that's her, right, that's who she's bringing on? She's bringing on the co-author. The co-author, right? <laughs> right, yeah. That's great. And this yellow, bright yellow, I like it. I like the bright yellow suit coat oh, yeah. she's wearing here. All right, yeah, this co-author is the... Never send this guy out to speak on your behalf. It's- Hill is not responding to these allegations, but my next guest, Neil Gordon, is. Neil, thanks for being here. I want to first get you just to respond here to some of these allegations. One of the jurors um, says that Hill instructed the jury to, quote, watch Murdoch closely and to look at his actions and movement. That juror says they interpreted those instructions to mean that Murdoch was guilty. Did she say that? So did she say that? Let's hear his answer. Uh, Not to me. We spent four months together working on the book, and I asked her many, many questions about all of her duties, which included working uh, with the jury, with the judge, with the witnesses, with the media, with the public. And we went through just a litany of questions, and nothing like that ever came up whatsoever. And I was not there at the trial and did not meet Becky until three weeks uh, after the trial as well. So there's the important information. (laughs) You didn't meet her until after. It it gets progressively worse. There's a... I'll explain that image later. I'll show it to you. That's what the show... One of the things she's also accused of doing is instructing the jury to not be misled by Murdoch's defense. I mean, you have spoken to her recently as these allegations have come up. What is she saying to all of this? All right. So he responds to that. I didn't include his initial response because he explains the justice, like how how the uh, the bailiff is supposed to watch the jury, like all stuff that she's not asking. And then she has to reiterate her question, and then here is his answer. So she didn't deny them to you when you spoke to her today? Oh, she um, she has said before uh, on a few conversations that have appeared on some um, cable websites, uh, she simply said, <laughs> these are not true. I need time to respond to the allegations. So that's all that I can, that's all that I can tell you. So no... He, he did. She didn't deny them to him. So he's like, oh, for two. <laughs> that's a Trump. That's Trump is a couch photo that you're looking at right there. Like <laughs> also argues that he'll pressure jurors to come to their conclusion in their deliberations quickly, even adding that smokers can't smoke and take smoke breaks until after the deliberations were complete. As you pointed out, I mean, these are really serious allegations here. Does it sound like something that this person that you've spent quite a lot of time with would have done. Very interesting. Very interesting. It's, the, it's just such a weird guy and a bad spokesperson. You know, Walterboro was considered to be like Mayberry. And if Walterboro is Mayberry, then Becky Hill would be much like Aunt B. And I don't know if we ever watched Mayberry growing up or on the reruns, but the point of the matter is... <laughs> I've never heard her raise her voice. I've never um, heard her pressure anyone. It's just, I don't think it's in her DNA. You know, certain people are just very reserved and 
uh, very measured with their thoughts. And that's how I would describe uh, Becky to a T. So I find that extremely hard. So he would describe her as a type of person who might think carefully about what she could say to a jury in order to influence them to a verdict. <laughs> she's describing the type of person that would do what she's accused of. This guy's the worst spokesperson for the accused. Unbelievable. Just from the time that I spent with her. And I don't know too much, again, about the smoke situation that you brought up. But the way kind of the, the court system works is with Becky having so much overarching. All right. There's, all right. So this is the last one. Love that photo. I, I want you to, just before you go here, I mean, you wrote this book with her, right? And one of the allegations is that the whole point of her trying to get. So, like, he's also going to benefit from this. So we have somebody also, like you pointed out, Ian, benefiting from potentially uh, tampering. A quick verdict is that she wanted the notoriety that came with this book. That That's a, also a very serious allegation that would kind of embroil you into some of this as well. And very fair, Abby. And I, I take uh, very fair exception to what the attorneys Harpoolian and Griffin said at the press conference. They just got it wrong. Um, the fact is there was no book deal coming her way or our way. Um, we spent $30,000 of our life savings together, our families, to be able to purchase books in advance and get editors and deal with attorneys and get everything that we needed to do to be able to uh, advertise the book there, you know, hold it up. So the, the, the question wasn't, did you get an advance for the book? The question was, was she influenced? Okay. And the guy's like, no, we didn't get an advance for the, this guy should never go. He needs to get media training before he comes out. And, and it sure looks like if this guy has any indication by the way he answers questions that this verdict which this was like a pretty big case. There's a whole Netflix series on this, and this family allegedly been killing people for dec for decades. Uh, um, it, it could be thrown out because this woman who was a, a clerk, a court clerk, wanted to increase sales of a book she wrote about the whole thing, and she's just telling the 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 jury. Can you imagine that? Hey, don't let the defense's lies influence you. That's like what they would do to Trump. But they should hire her to work on the uh, Fannie Willis. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> she would be great at it. Oh, Fannie Willis has got a book. Dude, Fannie Willis, what do you think about Do They call her Fannie. I call her Fannie. Dude, but I hear Fannie. I hear it says Fannie. They say Fannie all the time. They used to say Fannie. They changed it to Fannie. Like she's a... Yeah, it's like she's a French aristocrat or something. And not, uh, um, not a black ass attacking Trump. You know... They just don't want to admit what the reality is because then it becomes a racial battle. Um, and I know that you have you taught acting, you've taught improv. So I know that you have dealt with situations where pronouns were involved, right? Uh, only at the, in the latter, latter end of my former career. Um, yeah, the pronoun, I just, I just all this, I just really learned the person's name. Right. And that's, yeah, that's what you got to do is, uh, did they get mad if people messed up? I did not witness that. Um, in fact, I, either. I had a situation where, sure. uh, I was at a, a, I'll make it short. I was at a wedding and a friend I hadn't seen in a long time, um, was coming into town. And so was coming into that wedding as well. We're all sharing at this Airbnb. We're driving to the Airbnb bunch of us that had arrived ahead of time this friend is now at the airbnb with his new partner at the time i have known this guy forever he dated girls i said so is gabe 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 what's gabe's girlfriend's name again because I, I wanted to know her name when i was like just you know getting ready to be polite and all that yeah, stuff right i said what's gabe's girlfriend's name and what i got back was uh not girlfriend partner Parser. Like, oh, that's yeah. That's bigoted. They, they go by they. They go by they. And then, and sorry, I'll jump to the end. We get into the house after getting uh, me getting berated, and the first thing they say, I think, I think the girl's name, their their name was Francis. Uh, they go, 
uh, Francis needs the bathroom. And the person, he yelled at me, went, I'll show her where it is. Didn't even recognize it. I just, I looked around the room. It's like, no one heard it. They only hear it by. Yeah, you can. Yeah, right. You could, you could, you should have just said, the bathroom's in here and just stayed in there with they. Yeah. Because you can share a bathroom now. With yeah, yeah. This is a shared bathroom for all the babies, men, women, and babies. Did, did you know that Atlanta, I, I saw this story earlier today, the governor announced that, or they rolled out the city of Atlanta's new uh, unveils, they put it, inclusive language guide. So we got a language guide, yeah, like, all of our, yeah. Yeah, they had a big red, you know, they just, they whipped it up. <laughs> Like a, like a magician, everybody would, ta-da! Yeah, it was very, <laughs> it was beautiful. It was very beautiful. And um, I, I read through a little bit of it. I haven't read through all of it, but it it, it includes the definition of a bunch of, of terms that are inclusive, as which some of them are a little surprising. They aren't what you, you think they might be. And it also includes a section for what to do, so how to use the language, a communication strategy guide, and what not to do. And I thought it might be be fun to uh, scroll through. <laughs> there it is right there. Yeah, we really got to uh, stay up to date. Yeah, we got to know how to speak. And that, that is, in modern society, you know, language used to not exist. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to be a part of modern society, you have to study all the time. Right. It's, there's yeah. tests, there's words you got to lie. It's, it's Absolutely. A lot it, you got to stay on top of. You can't just be a person anymore. You got to study. Right. And ignorance of the inclusive language guide, just like ignorance of the law, is no defense. So, Ian, you are uh, a linguistics major at the very, very free speech focused Florida State University, a graduate from that, that school. So, I, 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 I would. Like to what I'm going to do is I picked out a few terms because it's like 30 pages or 25 pages. I picked out a few terms scrolling through it that stood out to me. Um, I'm just going to kind of read you some of them, and if you see words that strike your interest and you want to hear the definition of, or you guys in the chat want to hear the definition of, then I will go further into the definition. Uh, I will start with the behavioral control aspect of it. That basically is the 60. The mayor of Atlanta. The mission statement, and he goes on to talk about how this is about behavioral control, really. So the mayor, the mayor's Office of Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion works to identify and develop systems and behavioral change solutions that advance equitable outcomes to move Atlanta forward. Indoctrination, kind of what that is. And then you have all the different categories, equity, diversion, diversity, diversion is probably is a better way to put it, and inclusion, race and ethnicity, gender, sexuality, health and equity. And the ones that kind of scrolling. Starting off with one of my favorites, ableism. No, dude. So ableism, what do you think of when you think of ableism before reading this? Uh, Ableism is when I am capable of, you know, I, 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 how should I put this? I, maybe I assume a person who is handicapped needs help, right? Uh, yeah, I have sort of like a, um, it's sort of white privilege for people who have all of their appendages and can walk and, right? Yes. Yeah. E- exactly. Yeah. Don't be mean to people who are handicapped. Yeah. They seem to extend the application of that definition here to people whose skills are not as good as other people's skills. And here's what it says. Ableism. uh, Prejudicial thoughts and discriminatory actions based on differences in physical, mental, and or emotional ability. Emotional ability. Usually that of uh, able-bodied-minded persons, able-minded persons, against people with illness, disabilities, or less developed skills or talents. That to me is an insult to people who have physical disabilities, that, like you said, this would originally be thought of to to protect. Yeah, but I mean, crazy. What it means, though, is even within this subsect, there's even you can even break this down even more. Sorry, I have a crazy cat. Oh, you're cool, dude. I got a dog that jumps in. Uh, <laughs> the uh, even in even in this, see a person who I, I've seen a one-handed guitarist before. Actually, there was a guitarist in Orlando. 
he had one hand he would he would he use the fret board with the hand and then he had just a pick like a like a like instead of cap that's the, yeah pick and he would sit out there Def Leppard the drummer you know? yeah. yeah so he could be ableistic against me because I can't play the guitar that is crazy right because your skills aren't up to par uh, uh, a one-armed guitarist. <laughs> really be mindful. Next time I see that guy, I'm going to... He better... Hey, stop showboating, pal. Right. Stop being Make ableist towards me. Myself. With your one arm. Give me that guitar. What are you going to do? Take it back from me? And now I'm being ableistic. It's... And, yeah, it's double ableism. It's... Yeah, ab yeah it's, it never ends. Start back. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Absolutely. There's, of course, anti-racism or an ally. An ally is someone... Right. This should just be someone who uh, votes Democrat. This is a solution. It's a war. You got to be an ally. No, I'm Axis. You're Axis. Yeah, it's Axis and allies. They yeah. <laughs> say that an ally is someone who makes a commitment and an effort to recognize their privilege. That is the dumbest sentence I've ever read in my life. Based on gender, class, race, sex sexual identity, and work. And, and they work in solidarity <laughs> with oppressed groups. In the struggle for justice and, and equity. You know what it used to mean? What? Someone who stormed the beach of Normandy. <laughs> with transgenders and people who say, I'll share equity with. <laughs> I will only storm Normandy with transgender equity, equality. We have anti-racism. The work of actively opposing racism by advocating the changes in political, economic, and social life. Anti-racism tends to be an individualized approach established in opposition to individual racist behaviors and impacts. So it's a very personalized, uh, um, almost prescription. So you get somebody to diagnose your racism. It's a very unique racism. Everybody's is. And they prescribe you with a type of anti-racism to cure yourself of it. I, that is one of my favorite ones. Like, it's no longer enough to just not be racist. You have to be anti-racist. It's like a walk with Jesus, except it's a walk with anti-racism. It's so weird. What have you done that's anti-racist today? Uh, would be it's it's weird, but I also think that it's only the crazy, like the really craziest people. The I don't mean to be ableist, <laughs> but the mentally unstable people. Well, you know, and this thing about, this is what I love about this. The work of actively opposed, how can I, I work 40 hours a week at a day job. I really don't think I have time to add able to for changes in a political, economic, or, I just don't, where am I going to find the time to do this? That's, a, yeah, I mean, that's a racist thing to say and ableist thing to say, because not everybody can work 40 hours a week. That's true. That's true. <laughs> okay, all right. So, I mean, we could go through these, like, all day long. Uh, there was one that, so one that stuck out to me is called Model Minority. Well, I'll look for that. Any ideas what Model Minority is? Yes! Yes! You're exactly right. Yeah. Model Minority, the definition is a stereotype that asserts Asian Americans are more intelligent and hardworking than other non-white groups, thus they are more deserving of their economic, social, and academic successes. The model minority myth is rooted in anti-blackness. So stupid. The, like, here's what's so here's what's so funny about these people. These are the people. Timeism. Let me interrupt. So I'll call it a timeism. Your forty-hour-a-week problems. You're right. I'm sorry. <laughs> um. What about overtime? Is ouch. <laughs> That's a whole other. Uh. Sorry, I, I didn't mean to interrupt your train of thought. No, um, uh, what were we just saying? Uh, talk about model minorities. Oh, yeah, no, I just, uh, it, it, this, this whole, oh, the, the leftists don't even, uh, they don't see what they're doing while they scream about, which I think is very reasonable to say, you know, we don't need books about, you know, pe penis sucking in school libraries, school libraries, put them in public libraries, have a whole section of it in a public library, but, but yeah, keep that in the wife section, front row. <laughs> Right when you walk in, all the penis books, but in the, <laughs> but but in a kid in a kid's library, let's keep it out. Let's just keep it out for a while. Of course, uh, but they don't. So so they see that as unreasonable and book burning. Yet here's a list of words that we need to learn 
that are going to, and a whole list of other words that we can't say anymore, behaviors we can't do, the 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 the, the blindness that they that it's just it's so infuriating. You're right. It's a control. This is nothing but a control mechanism. The idea that the city of Atlanta has to put out a guide to hold its citizens accountable to, and obviously other cities have done this. Throw it in the mayor's. That's what we I'm should. Doing. We should go to his next meeting. We should ball all 48 pages of this up and throw individually. Just throw them up there. Right. And, and you know there's going to be some guy with no arms sitting right next to us going, ableism. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another term, that just very common term, the way they described race stood out to me as well, which race is a set of physical traits according to this document that define an individual or a group of individuals as belonging to a particular social category. Race is, biolog- is a biological fiction, a concept with no basis in human anatomy or genetics. Like gender, her race is a social construct. So they just have that assumption there. Uh, meaning that how racial groups are defined and how people are assigned to them varies dramatically across cultures, countries, and historical time, says the people who promote identity politics. Is that what you would have defined race as? No. I would define it as a weapon that uh, um, rich minority politicians and white liberals use to exploit minorities. What? So the, the whole term social construct pisses me off because what they're doing is they're calling all of these things social constructs, yet... All they're doing is saying, and we have a new one for you. They're the social constructivists. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. That's who they are. They are the ones who are social constructivists. Oh. <sighs> Absolutely. In the chats here, Ashley says it's so insulting to black people. I, I, I agree. I 100% agree. It's totally insulting. I, you've seen the rap videos of or no, people making rap videos about Trump being... Yeah, uh, getting arrested in Fulton County. I got a cat that's about to cost. Some- <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Ian's going to take care of his cat there, and uh, I'm going to. Well, I'm. I got to get to the racism definition, and then we'll do a couple how tos because they tell you how to respond. It, it, they tell you how what to say to people, which is interesting that a city is putting out a guide to tell its citizens how they are to speak to each other. This is not even promoted as an internal guide. It's in the AJC, a new guide for the city, how everyone is supposed to speak to each other. And look, why why is my governor or the the mayor of the city trying to tell me how to speak? It's going to be available in newsstands outside of Kroger's all across the city. I, I think they're going to be. Kroger and CVS. I, I think we're all going to be required. Yes, they'll be entering it. it emails and our mailboxes and we'll all be required to take a test that if we don't pass we get the uh racist uh state yeah. on our and this is how people are going to start you know figuring each other out they'll be walking around the city you know in lines like maybe at an atm they're like yeah man i'm so tired of the yeah. racism yeah, me too. Or what was some of the other ones that you could scroll back up to? Like it's just racism and racial justice and post-racial and yeah, yeah. people of color, which how's that different than colored they people? Start dropping these different words with each other uh, to kind of figure each other. I don't. It, uh, Afro Latinx that nobody likes. Who like I've never heard a person. This is like a gay uh, Latino, Latinx and Latin. You gotta say Latinx until people correct Let, you. It's literally Latinx. That's hilarious. You just keep saying Latinx. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's like, sounds like a, a, a BB bumped off of a Latino car. At least. <laughs> so racism is the longest definition they have here, obviously, because they have to explain why white people keep being subjected to, to racism. There's racism, racism. Because, uh, yeah. Institutional orders of racism. Totally. They have institutional racism, internalized racism, interpersonal racism, structural racism. And, and they started off, you're, you nailed it before even seeing it. You nailed it. They they define racism generally that before they go into the specifics of those other, others as an unjustifiable and negative attitude based on someone's race. Racism involves one group having the power to carry out 
systemic discrimination through the institutional policies and practices of the society and by shaping the cultural beliefs and values that support those racist policies and practices. Okay, wait, wait. That's my favorite thing. So in what way do I benefit from any of that? How am I using any institutional policy or practice in my everyday life? I drive about a 10-mile commute. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I don't do anything. I go to the grocery store. I live a normal life. I'm just a regular person who wants a functional government that's, that leaves me alone. I, I used to, right. I used to say, like, please show me how to take advantage of, of my um, white privilege. Yeah, but now I know. I'm, I feel fucking stupid. Totally. Right. Exactly. So, which is exactly why I know that that statement is ableist. Yes, we're, we're, st- we're too stupid. I'm too stupid to take advantage of my white privilege. We don't know. That's I'm right. Too fucking stupid. Right. So we got to get on that chain of uh, government support program, wherever that is. That, that's going to be down at the bottom. But the institutional rate, all, so all the definitions, the general one doesn't have anything about white people. All the Tokenism. Other that's about the. Tokenism. <laughs> right. Yes. If you have enough. Have enough to play Galaxy. <laughs> to play. Yeah, to play skee ball. Then you, yeah. you need to give your tokens. To Ticket, a black right reservationism right always stand aside and let someone else play your tokens yeah. I think is tokenism I love that racist gets only one but you can't be an institutional racist an internalized racist an personal racist or a structural racist there's so many different categories of racist so if you think you're not one you, so people have to build defenses to all of these someone accuses you of being a racist it's like okay so well, like this one. A person who believes that their own racial group is superior or that a particular racial group is inferior to the others. Right. It, as long as you're not white, you can't. I mean, if, if you are white, excuse me, white is... But they, so they, they put that there uh, alphabetically, but then they have all of these, which explains that institutional racism is a term that describes how institutional policies and practices create different outcomes for different racial groups. The institutional policies may never mention any racial group but the effect is that they create an advantage for white people and oppression and disadvantage for indigenous people, black people and other people of color. All except four. Or right. model minorities. Right. Except, except for model, model minorities. They need to correct it and put that yeah. in there. They've got to come. We've got to give these guys like oh You're right. They need to fix that. It does it for everybody except model minorities. I'm not even going to go with white supremacy culture, which is just like, then you have sexuality. All right. So if you want to hear any of these definitions, Allies. I'm going to read off or get some porn music going in the background. Or I usually have porn music playing just in general. That's how I get them. Ally LG. So an ally LGBTQ. I guess that's a different type of ally. It's which is yeah, the person. And that's an ally. See. These are just, these are people who hate everybody except for gay people. Right? Yes. They're willing to be friendly to gay people. Well, they start to hate gay people too. Like, like they, they are turning against cis gay people. Right. 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 Because the what, way. Which isn't a trans, yeah. A transgender. Well, you can't just kill seven doing people. You got to get men to turn into women and women to turn into men and get everyone to stop having sex with babies. I'm just, I'm so confused, it's a too. Way. Like, so you can be, like, having sex with a biological man, but if you're transgender, you're in a heterosexual relationship? It just, it's bad. That's how you don't get a monkeypox, is, is what I've read, is you just got to go trans on that. But asexual, the lack of sexual attraction or desire for other people, not to sound ableist, or some sort of mental issue. It just seems like a problem that could, these are problems that could be fixed. But they want to give people a reason not to fix them, I think. Not all of them. I don't, I don't mean well, that generally. <laughs> and what they had to do, you couldn't just have, like, they put cisgender in here as if there's, like, this whole cornucopia. And, like, you might just reach into a bag of these and randomly you have an equal chance of pulling out at someone who's one of these. Not that cisgender would be the overarching 99% of the world just the way the world is. Not that you get what I'm saying. It's preposterous. They made up a word for normal. They made up a fucking word of normal. Right. Gender. Yeah. I'm, I wonder if pansexual is on here. Because I think, yeah, pansexual. That's my favorite one. I, I, I only had yep. sex 
what with pants they it's a romantic or sexual attraction to people of all it's what obama is obama in those letters i talked about this on the show the other day where he talks about fantasizing about having sex with men he talks about how a, a, a drogis well, i know wayne brady came out is that and there's going to be a new reality show where wayne brady takes care of his wife's boyfriend's baby that that's what he was promoting when he came out as pansexual it's going to be starting i think early in 2024 so look out for that hilarious new reality show can I just say... Didn't you take what, a class with him? What a fucking loser. That's just... It's just... He talks about how he researched it, too. So Wayne Brady researched to find out what he was, which means he's being programmed. So it's just like, I need to figure out what I am. Oh, this pansexual thing. No, he looked at a menu without realizing it and he yeah. ordered up what he thought would be a delicious dish of weirdness um it is a demon tool it, yeah Stella says pan is a demon tool I would like so if I were ever an audience member and whose line is it anyway I would just shout out uh, um uh, you know ableist pansexual just yeah. like just throw out a pansexual bigoted pansexual yeah yeah, just see how stupid. Doing improv scenes with him, I would just set him in kitchens and like, have you seen the pots and pans sexually? <laughs> God, his commercials are so pansexual, and uh, he, he's attracted to anything, and that's what Obama is. Which I I, I I was speculating last night. I don't know if you saw any of that interview with Larry Sinclair, the guy who says that he sucked a Brock off and and watched Brock smoke cocaine. In 1999, in a lemon oh, orange yeah. Some I saw some bit. It was hilarious. I, I, I've actually been playing clips from that guy for like five years. Because he used he to do was, these. I was very clear about what I wanted. Totally. That's and, what I've And I love that he remembered the driver's name. But Yeah. So it's, it's like, is he a good con artist? But it, it, it doesn't. It, his story rings true because of the other stories about Obama that have come out. It's not like Obama would say that he wasn't gay. In fact, if Obama came out and was like, I'm not gay, I never did that, he, it would probably hurt his like popularity than if he was just like, no, he's right. He sucked my dick, I smoked some coke, some crack, and, and I had a drug problem, and then I got better, and I got back with my wife, and I'm pansexual, okay? And, and they would be celebrated, and Michelle Obama uh, uh, would be, de they would demand that she ran for president so that we have the first pansexual first they in office i guess i don't know president day <laughs> what they would call it at this point yeah it's crazy, crazy. It is, isn't it it's so this crazy so yeah. crazy yeah i want to get in a time machine and go back 10 years and just i want to find you and be like brad it's me ian from the future i know i look pretty good but <laughs> great it uh <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then just fill you in, like you know. I'm telling you, men, men will be able to menstruate in the future. Mark my words. I mean, is this like an improv scene? Is this like an improv scene we should never do on stage, or what is this? No, this is no. But remember how, like, when you first start improv, when someone uh, will lean over and someone else like thrusts their fist forward and then pulls down and go, "What happened to my wristwatch?" You know, because it's in the person's ass. Is the implication that's like the most stereotypical, awful improv scene? I feel like that's reality right now. <laughs> yeah. People, it, this is normal to lose your well, wristwatch in someone's ass or uh, um, bonus hole, whatever you call it. I'm not sure what it's called these days. Boy, boy, pussy. Boy, <laughs> they call it in prison, that's right? What, that's what. That's what. That's what. That's Shannon used to call it. Yeah. As that was a gay friend of ours who always thought we were a little too cis. If we remember that we point, Ham, we each drank a pitcher of margaritas, and Shannon got scared. He got scared of how cis we were. I think <laughs> Shannon is one of the funniest people ever. I, I, I'm wondering what he feels about some of the situation going on. I know a lot of people who are, are, are gay feel like their whole like that they've been. The power, not the power, but but that the gay community has been co-opted and spun into this other stuff. Because like I said, gay people are cis. So the whole transgender thing, it, it can be kind of like, wait a minute, that's not, that's different. Yeah, I, I when, I, when I was in college, it was just LGB. 
There was no LGB. There's a lot, man. There's like a plus, and it doesn't explain what the plus is, sir. Tim, Tim of Tunnels. I, I, I'll leave this thing in the links. I'll probably go through more of this during the show uh, in the upcoming week, but I, I do want to go down to the messaging guide system. So, where would you like to start, Ian? This is a how to. Here's what to do, what not to do. The race and ethnicity, gender and sexual orientation, ability, socioeconomic status, or immigration and, and international affairs. You know, let's let's stick around. I think uh, either gender or race. These are the hot buttons. Those are the hot buttons. All right, we'll start with gender and sexuality. It says, do use gender neutral language. Example: the student can tour their top three colleges. Not, don't say. The student can tour his or her top three college choices. But what if their pronoun isn't there? Well, then that's just what a, if my pronoun isn't they them. Now it is. Now you it's yeah. ableism or by the Atlanta government putting this guide out and then factoring in people who identify as uh, rodents or or furries or whatever. They say they say use folks, not ladies and gentlemen. By the way, and I watched a furry. I watched furries fight non-furries on a beach on the show the other day. So it was like a brood, brutal fist fight, dude. Really? It was a brutal. It was. It was the non-furries won, right? Well, I, see, the furries were actually the main. I mean, the non-furry was an ex of one of the furries, and so he was also had a furry mentality without the costume on. So he got his ass beat, and he got a speakerphone nailed over his head and he was screaming it was the craziest shit it, it must it's like what goes on at dragon con I, I you know presume so we have here don't use gendered innuendos example artificial not man-made all right so never say something's man-made so say something's artificial intelligence so that's a little weird isn't it why and why do people insist that if humans make it it's artificial are we not of this world dude that's I mean, that's like a, so this is interesting here, that this idea that people should be using artificial instead of man-made because the UAP legislation that Chuck Schumer, Chuck Schumer, Amy Schumer's uncle, um, that has been passed, I, I, I don't know if it's got passed as law yet, I think it has gone through the first round, it uh, um, enables the government to take control of anything that they classify to be artificial intelligence basically if anything comes that they can't say was of human origin or uh, or they initially declare to be non-human intelligence then they can confiscate it even if a private individual has possession of it so if we're now going to be classifying things that uh, um uh, 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 as man-made and not man-made artificial instead of man-made instead of that term then that language would enable them to confiscate anything that any human developed i mean what a convo i mean that's that's kind of crazy well i've never thought about that angle of it tying the transgender and, and the, the whole fucking with language with the legislation that has these words into law that gives them power that's kind of wild dude you just flip the words around in, in in workforce it just becomes even creepy For, force work yeah and that's that's what you have your forced workers Get out of there, forced workers. Yeah. yeah, here's one. Yeah, unless you're Asian, uh, then you're just like you're white. If you're Asian, you're white. That should be the thing. If you're Asian, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're white. You're Asian minority. Uh, do do use gender neutral form of job titles and positions. Examples: firefighter, not fireman; server, not waitress; police officer, not policeman; council member, not councilman. Oh, go fuck yourself. Do use politically incorrect term politically correct terms. When referring to the LGBTQ community, although many terms have been reclaimed by the LGBTQ community, unless you are part of that community, refrain from using them. Which that's one? Can, like which one? They, well, yeah, it's you got to give me a list. I don't know which ones. They're setting people up to get into. Oh my God, dude! <laughs> we all know there's only one word that's so powerful that we all agree we should just never use it, right? Fag is that. Oh no, no, no! Yeah, okay. Talking about right. inward, but this, this, this is just preposterous that you can reclaim. You know, that's why I also think you know it's silly this idea of reclaiming something. Why would you want to reclaim that? What do you mean reclaim it? So you're saying that 
fag was yours before and it was taken and then you reclaimed it. I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? No, I think you claimed it. You just claimed it. Fag, yeah. They just, so you didn't reclaim it. They sucked so much fun out of society when they uh, branded the word fag to be unusable. Because nobody used fag. It was like, one of the words they used the most in the 90s, and I didn't use it towards a gay person once. And that's exactly. It was always used towards your buddies who were being yeah. douchebags. Our gay friends called us fags when we were being douchey. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And they took that away. It's bullshit. Uh, this one is interesting here. Um, don't use phrases such as hermaphrodite. It's very offensive. Tranny. Transvestites. Transsexual. Homosexual. You're not supposed to use homosexual. Anymore. Down low. Closeted. Don't use any of those. These phrases are queerphobic. Well, what? I use, I use transy. I've been using transy. Tra transites. Transy. That's not on the list. You're good. On the list. Still good. good. Then it says, don't use the phrase sex assigned at birth when referring to someone's sex. Okay, because that is... So they take whatever uh, the opposition Republicans, how they describe it, and they say, don't use that. This phrase... You see a car, have a behind Yeah, the Trans Am. It's very... It's got balls and tits on it at the same time. It's... <laughs> That's one assignment of biological sex may or may not align with it. I mean, this is just such like, it's just such a guide to to confuse people, man. It, it, Did you see the David Hogg Foundation was one of the, uh, yeah, the, the Hogg. David Hogg Foundation? Yeah, the, the, the guy, the gun guy from the Parkland School. His dad was like, was like a group of contributors or something. They probably had a panel of a bunch of, had a panel, probably 150 dorks, all got into a room and talked about the do's and don'ts of how to stop, you know, how to how to control people, right? Through the threat of you crying. Yeah, right. It, it is. Uh, look, anybody, anybody, uh, anybody who's ever dated a woman and, and a man, some men, they know that the threat of crying is. So it's, they've ever dated someone of the same gender. A same gen you know, same gender attracted people. Did you see that on the list? What's gender attracted? Well, that was, I didn't see that one. That was on the list. So, so that's that's a person who's because they do the thing where it's like um, male on male sex. They don't call it gay, so it must be same gender. It, it's just a convolution of, of reality. No, nobody has any problem with anybody who makes these choices in their lives. That that's like we have gotten past the point in in reality where people are really being bigoted. If I or you or anybody that I know saw someone being bigoted, like, I hate gay people, or I hate trans people, we would probably be like, shut the fuck up, dude, you're an asshole. Yeah. And we'd kick them out if we had the power to wherever we were. Uh, but, like, this idea that you try and force people to align with this fucking, this is like a landmine, language landmine, where if you don't, like, you know, assimilate this and you say it wrong, you're the fucking uh, worst thing that they define on there. The bigot, the whatever. It's just, it's just crazy communist Marxist bullshit, dude. Right. And, and because of the onslaught of media that's out there, you know, these bigger voices like the CNNs and the MSNBCs that I think somehow, I don't know how they still permeate more. It seems like they have more change in a way. Uh, even though they don't have as big as an audience, but they, why do they still carry so much of an influence on this kind of stuff? Yep. Yeah. And it seems like, and I think I've mentioned to you this to you before. I was I just caught CNN. Uh, I was watching this thing on. Um, it was on Juneteenth, right? Um, you know, Praiseless. as opposed to July teenth. Right. Um, but uh, so in. Uh, Ju Juneteenth, and I was watching this thing on CNN. I was at a restaurant. I was just kind of watching it. And it was really, it wasn't any, it was really just a guide on how you should be behaving. Yep. Right? Because it said, it made, it had a totally fake statement underneath. The Chiron, the fake statement underneath said, America prepares to celebrate Juneteenth. Right. This is we're a all, lie. Yeah, we're all prepared. Yeah, we can <laughs> What do you, what's your favorite thing to eat on Juneteenth? Uh, uh, you don't say it. I can't say it. <laughs> I almost said it. 
I did not say it, it is whatever I, it, my favorite thing to eat is the leftovers that yeah. I've handed out. It's so stupid. I mean, it, we used to also just call it emancipation day. <laughs> right. That's the guy, it, it, so the whole Juneteenth bullshit, dude. And I'll tell you, we'll, we'll go to the XR here in a second. And I'll actually tell you, I, I found an article recently because I've covered some of this. It's, it's a bunch of white people have taken this idea, very wealthy white people of Juneteenth, and they have and tried to exploit it by having uh, wealthy black people represent it to try and manipulate uh, lower-income black people. Same thing. And I found an article written by uh, one of my ex-girlfriends um, about Juneteenth who, who is uh, um, uh, interracial. And I just, I just shook my head. I was like, man, why? <laughs> why is this happening right now? Um, but I get it. I get people try and fall in line with the cor- corporate culture. It, it is just kind of wild to me because I think that the media and the screens that we see, because they're controlled by these powerful influences, they project this reality that's not theirs. The whole idea of the art of war is if you're small, then make yourself appear to be bigger than you are. I, I, I think that most everyday people you talk to are, are a little bit, even if at first they feel they need to align with something they see on TV that they're told their position is supposed to be. I think if you kind of actually break down the details and talk to them, people are mostly reasonable, not everyone. But I think the majority of people are reasonable and they try and keep us connected to convince us that that people are unreasonable and are on the extremes. Um, Troy says he's always wondered why it switched to uh, intersexual. And, and he also said that he, has, he now has to call himself cisgendered instead of non-furry. That's something we've all battled with for a long time. Uh, Sir Tim of Tunnel says that hog is a euphemism for penis. Uh, David Penis, just throwing that out. That's a great, yeah, excellent, yeah. And I think that's perfectly, um, except David Hogg is, there's no doubt to me that he um, spends a majority of his time when he's not posting about how he's going to take down the NRA, filleting himself, rolling down probably a tall hill uh, because it makes it easier to do that. And um, there's a lot of speculation when that whole shooting happened. I, I don't know. I don't, I, you know, you know, his family related to the CIA, whatever. He's full of it. All those guys were full of it. Yeah. Get rid of that. I thought I remembered some fact about him, right? Like he was either not in the same part of the building or right. he wasn't even yep. directly... He was, he was as far away as you possibly could be. No, he like made the video like like three weeks later, had it professionally edited. It, it, I'm being sarcastic, but yes, he made this video when he wasn't actually in the line of danger. At least that yeah, part he's of just an opportunist pig. Totally. Um, all right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the DMB XR where we can talk a little more freely. Oh, sorry. I thought we were going to. No, no, you're good. You're good. We're, you're totally good. You're totally good. And then we'll go through some comments, and uh, we'll have a little bit of fun. I'll show you a video of some a rich dude getting pied in the face by a climate activist. Um, better than uh, gluing themselves to his face. And uh, you, we'll just have a good time. So thank you, guys. If you want to get access to that, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report. Subscribe there. And you can find me on youtube.com slash Brad Binkley, rumble.com slash the prop report, uh, at Freedom Act Radio on Twitter, Ian. Where can people find you? Ian is an actor. Ian is a comedian. He does uh, live shows. He's in movies. So tell people where they can find you if you want them to find you. Um, well, like right now, uh, they could probably find me down uh, the quick trip on Buford Drive right off of 85, exit 115. Love that spot. Eight o'clock in the morning. Yep. Uh, Monday through Friday, grabbing a coffee. Love that. Um, then uh, usually on Saturday nights, I head out to Outback or a local Chili's uh, over here in this part of town. You can find me. All right. Well, check check Ian out at that uh, Quick Trip and Chili's, and uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Have a fantastic rest of your day.